I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something, something, With Lori Lattimore of Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. Incomplete. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to Something Something Broncos. This is Jess Place, and I am joined by Lori Lattimore Volkman and Tim Lynch. This is your scorched earth edition <laughs> of Something Something Broncos. I don't know what we saw on Sunday against the Raiders, but I don't ever want to see that again. And yet, I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more of that. What do you think, Tim? <laughs> I think that was... That was the final blow to the Vic Fangio era. I wrote a post this week about it. It was like going back uh, to the Wade Phillips era, looking at all the home blowout losses to the Raiders. And while, you know, technically this wasn't a blowout because they scored a couple of garbage time touchdowns, blowout, they look like garbage is completely uninspiring against their the most hated rival of the Broncos. I mean, come on. The only time a coach wasn't fired by the end of this, you know, after the end of the season was in 2002 when the Raiders went to the Super Bowl. They, they blew out Mike Shanahan's Broncos. But every other time, 1994, 2008, 2010, they, those three blowout losses led to coaching changes. And I think, I think it's going to happen this year. I don't think this team recovers. I think you look at the way they played, they, they just played like they didn't care. I'm over it too. Let's just let's just lose every game and get to the end of the season. Um, that's where I'm at. Just 
I mean, you, you got blown out by the Raiders at home. Like, come on. Like, who gives a shit about the rest of the games? I don't. Well, Lori, what do you think? <laughs> Are you a little more positive on the uh, uptick here? Or? Yeah, probably a little. I mean, it's hard to not be more positive than that. <laughs> that was, that was, uh, you got, you got Tim climbing into a bathtub with a toaster over here. <laughs> feel like the players looked like they didn't care i felt like they looked like they just didn't know how to play like i blame it far more on coaching i'm aligned with tim in that this coaching staff is done unless there is a miraculous turnaround i don't think vic fangio is going to survive this season and when you look at the schedule ahead i which i did yesterday they've got to win like seven of the remaining games to six of the remaining games to kind of have a chance here at a winning season and when you look at the teams we're playing it's gonna be tough to find six wins <laughs> if we play like we did against the raiders the raiders the ravens and the steelers i felt like the ravens that was always going to be a tough team to beat so even though i didn't think we played well and we could have played much better and get, given ourselves a chance that one was a loss that i had coming and then the steelers we should have definitely beat the Steelers then because they weren't playing at their best prior to us playing them. That was a game we should have won. But again, it was the Steelers. And I saw that one as a, a potential loss. We're playing at the Steelers. Early morning yeah. game on the East but Coast. But the Raiders at home, you don't lose to. It is when a they rival. lost their head coach due to being a racist. Like <laughs> they are reeling and you allow them to just come right in and and just clown you like 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 nothing. I never felt like it was going to be a reeling discombobulated Raiders. I knew it would be exactly what it was. That whole situation galvanized them to rally around each other and play harder. And you know, that's what I want to see from our team. That that's what I didn't see on Sunday. It was like our team doesn't look like they're rallying to rescue their jobs and their season, but they look like they're confused on how to do that. And again, I put that on coaching. I blame Shermer. I mean, his decisions for when he uses plays are terrible. It's fourth and one or fourth and two, and he chooses a pass play that hasn't really worked. You have Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon running their butts off and doing a pretty good job despite a terrible offensive line. Give them the ball. But then it's third and 15, and we do a two-yard screen pass. Like, those, those <laughs> plays so, themselves are not bad, but they're being used at terrible times to set up our offense for success. You're summing up exactly why I saw this coming last week. I picked the Raiders in our weekly picks. I would like to note that I was 13-0 heading into Monday Night Football, and the Bills <laughs> freaking lost. So thank you for ruining my perfect streak. The reason why I saw this coming, it stemmed from where Pat Shermer meets with the, the media and his responses. I'm just yeah. like, I threw my hands up because I, I actually mentioned it almost every single post I wrote last week. I mentioned just got to keep grinding. I hate, I hate that when coaches use that grinding it out, that just tells me you're not going to change anything. You're not going to adapt. Right. You're not going to look at what you're doing wrong or what's working. You're just going to keep pounding your face on the brick wall until you just mush. <laughs> and that's no what they did. And here. they lost. I'm fed up with Pat Shermer and he's the main reason why I'm, you know, so down on the season because he's not going to adapt. He's just going to keep on grinding, grind himself to a new gig is what he's going to do. <laughs>
keep using this word grind and I, I'm not hearing anything about Urban Meyer. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'd rather be writing about that than, than what I'm writing about this week. So <laughs> also, I was so furious. I couldn't sleep. So I, I, I actually was up at like 2 a.m. furiously typing. It doesn't just go with the, 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 the coaches or the quarterbacks. I mean, you can blame the quarterbacks, but they, like you say, the, like quarterbacks can only play with what they're given and Pat Shermer's given them nothing. He's not, and Pat Shermer's not being held accountable because Vic Fangio isn't holding him accountable. And Vic Fangio isn't being held accountable because Joe Ellis is in charge and Joe Ellis sharpens pencils for a living and doesn't do anything. No heat under him to do anything different than he's already done. He's getting paid for the rest of the year. He doesn't have, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it, he does not care. Now, I know Ellis is supposed to step down here sooner rather than later, probably sooner because there's talk of all this, you know, of a sale uh, now that all the ownership hubbub among the daughters has uh has uh, quieted down and johnny bolin is a reprobate so what can you do um <laughs> thing that sucks though is it's like okay well great we'll get the new owner and then it's like if we get the new owner he's gonna want his own gm and so then do we just start over again like i mean is it i mean is it a total table clearing i don't think so i think with george payton i think he's done a good job his first year managing the team kind of talked about it when he was hired that there is a potential that he'll use Fangio as a lame duck season it's certainly looking like a lame duck kind of year so he'll get his hand-picked coach next year I think a new owner would come in and not necessarily mess with anything right off the bat most owners most good owners tend to be a little more hands-off especially if you're brand new he's not going to come in here and go yeah i want to get this gm i want to do that he, he doesn't know anything about football he's gonna take his time figure out how everything works you're not gonna we're not gonna see a bunch of changes right off the bat so george payton will have a chance to prove himself and build that relationship with a new owner but they got to win games it's as simple as that and they need a quarterback and they need a new head coach. That's the whole, almost a whole new coaching staff at this point. The directive has been, you are coaching for your football life, Vic Fangio. And uh, he's not rising to the occasion. So it, it's, if you're not going to do that, especially when your feet are in the freaking fire, he's just not able to do it. His biggest mistake was firing Rich Scangarello and hiring Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer's offense has been an abject failure through his entire tenure in Denver. He's had no success. You look at Scangarello, he finished the season 4-1 and one with Drew Locke. And Drew, look, Drew Locke was the worst quarterback in the league in 2020 under Pat Shermer. Fangio ruined his tenure in Denver when he made that decision. And there's no going back and fixing it. He's going to ride this to the end, and he'll be a defensive coordinator next year. Pat Shermer will get catch on somewhere because, you know, Bad offensive coordinators always seem to keep getting jobs for some reason um, in the NFL. <laughs> the best thing going for Vic Fangio is that he always had a, a great defense, but the defense this year isn't showing up either. Yeah, they get you no know, pressure. There, there's no, no outside of Vaughn Miller, it's, it's nobody. And people we are had, like, get rid of Vaughn. He sucks. I'm like, he's the only guy doing anything on the, on the front seven to generate any pressure. But yeah, you know, he, he deserves to go to a, a contender. We had four pressures on Derek Carr, and they had 17 on Teddy Bridgewater. They were supposed to have a terrible offensive line, really weak, a couple guys they moved over who were supposed to be even worse at that position, and we had four pressures. I mean, and then our secondary is getting beat all over the place on the deep ball. Yeah, seven plays over 25 yards. uh, You know, that's just, it's disgusting. and what did we do? We went out and got more cornerbacks, right? And we got the – and, you know, I think Patrick Sertan is, is looking pretty good for a rookie. But still, we are not 
doing the job. Vic Fangio is not doing the job as you know, on in the one area of the game where he's supposed to be a mastermind. My point stands. Our defense isn't getting the job done for Vic Fangio to justify keeping his job as head coach either. Why are we so bad on defense? I think no pressure. Right. Why is that? We've been able to do it before. Our defensive line was touted as going, you know, is going to be one of the strongest yet. Obviously, we thought we were going to have Bradley Chubb, and he cannot seem to stay healthy. We've got Von Miller. Our secondary is basically all the starters, but they randomly have sucky games. I wonder if losing Josie Jewell was more important than we knew because of just the communication out there. Well, and now Alexander Johnson's out. Still, the secondary is supposed to be elite, but Kyle Fuller's kind of a shell of his former self. Um, Ronald Darby is like, eh, he's okay, I guess. Patrick Sertain's a rookie, so he's struck. He's like either great or blowing it, you know. Callahan's been elite. Well, my biggest concern on on the deep plays, on the big big plays, has been that Justin Simmons has been slow to get to his spot. That's why the plays are being made is because he's not where he's supposed to be, and that's that's the bigger concern on the on the deep plays. Um, so I don't know what's going on with him if he's just. If he's I, hurt or slow? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. He, he's he's a great football player, so he's just playing poorly here recently. Like you said, it's not going to get any better. There's a reason why the Broncos don't have any national games this year. It's because of this. This is this is exa- No one wants to see this. After last week, like you want to you want to pay to go see this? Are you kidding? Yeah, I'm pretty much over it. So, you know, we're back to the whole just lose every game, get a top three draft pick, and you know, get a quarterback. I do appreciate though coach. that we made it to week seven before we were talking in these terms. Like that's kind of that is an improvement. Yeah, it's mid October. <laughs> it's nice. And you know, the the Drew Locke fans, you know, they had to wait six games to really come out of the woodwork and say, "See, we told you." I want Drew Locke to start though, because I, I need these people to come together with us at the end of the season and realize we need a quarterback. Let's not let's stop talking yeah. about the guys on the roster. Start talking about adding guys that aren't on the roster. I can't believe they think that in these situations like Sunday, Drew Locke, with his big playability, wouldn't have still been a disaster. He would have turned the ball over way more often with that pressure from the. And he Raiders doesn't even have defense. the the whole big playability thing is a is a sham. He had so two sick. big games last year, and he had multiple opportunities to hit big throws when he played when Teddy was locked out with a concussion and he missed him just like Teddy missed him last week. So come on guys, let's, let's be honest here. It does not matter who is the quarterback. No, the coaching is terrible and it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It's, it's going to be another shit season. It sucks. I'm pissed about it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm too. anxious to get to rebuild mode because you know, that's, that's a situation where maybe we can see things get better down the road, but God, man, 31 to 10 at home against the Raiders. And you're both fighting for first place in the AFC West. Like, I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, that pisses me off. It was 34-24, by the way. But... Well, to yeah, me, the game was over at 31-10 to 10 in the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah. You know, those yeah. two garbage time touchdowns, like, whatever. Oh, good for you guys. Vic Fangio did, to his credit, note that they were they were hollow. It, it doesn't mean anything. And to be honest, I think somebody asked, you know, how do you account for how well we move the ball? And I'm pretty sure it's because the Raiders' defense is like, whatever. <laughs> Go ahead. Pass the ball. It doesn't no. matter. We're going to celebrate in your stadium anyway. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. I know. I was so mad, too, because you hate it for players like Von Miller, who I think really do give their heart and soul to the team. And he's only been able to have, you know, really a couple good years, despite this being his 10th year, 11th year in the league. We've ruined his career by wasting time with a terrible quarterback and always a bad combination with quarterback and offensive coordinator. Like, I, I believe Rich Scandrello would have been better but we got him so young and so new and then without a commitment to letting him grow because we got, you know, the exact opposite type of coach, uh, head coach. And so it like we we cannot get in sync with our with our owner, with our head coach, with our quarterback, with our coordinators. It's just been it's just been a debacle up and down the ladder, as Jess pointed out at the beginning. It really does. I didn't used to think this was as big a deal as I do now, that it really has to do with the lack of a clear vision at ownership and just having Joe Ellis and the trust kind of guide the ship while we figure it out has been a com- just a complete disaster. Yeah, it's a rudderless ship. Like there's no, there is no direction. So long as there are 22 guys that go out there and wear orange, they're fine. He gets paid either way. I know John Elway got a lot of flack for for the state of the Broncos, and rightfully so. I enjoyed your tweets on Sunday with Joe Ellis collecting his paycheck and, you know, in 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 a king's outfit. Elway gets a lot of flack and gets lumped in with with Ellis a lot, but I think he act he legitimately was trying to get this team back to a winning. You know, he he wanted this team to be great, and I think in hindsight, I think he, because of Paxton Lynch, he doubted himself a little bit. He had Josh Allen high on his board. He went with Bradley Chubb instead because so many people outside the building, oh, John Elway likes Josh Allen. Josh Allen sucks. That's so that's so typical of John Elway. You know, I, I'm sure he heard things like that. And there's just the quarterback situation never got addressed because of Paxton Lynch. It just sucks. I think with George Payton, though, my only concern is how well he's going to evolve with the nfl because I, th- I see the nfl is shifting to a far more dynamic athletic league and it's it's really fun to watch you know you see like the arizona cardinals for example it's just man i want that for the broncos just all those weapons you got a quarterback that can just keep a defense off balance because if you cover everything well you better have a spy on him because he's gonna rip off 10 yards and then a first down they got another set of downs they're just so unstoppable and I look at the Minnesota Vikings and I'm like, eh, they're kind of they're st- they stuck to the old school, you know, way of building teams, and I don't really want that for Denver. I think that the future of the league is really putting stress on the defense in just about every which way you can, and that starts with the quarterback position. You need a quarterback that 
isn't just going to stand back there like a statue. You need a quarterback that's going to stress the defense from sideline to sideline. I don't get that sense from from Peyton, but we'll we'll, we'll see. It's going to start with a new head coach and <laughs> new coaching staff and, and all of these beautiful quarterback discussions from January to April. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. And then when they don't draft a quarterback, we're going to talk about quarterbacks until April, until April. It's going to be great. <laughs> Oh, if we do that again, I'm going to be so mad. That's the definition of insanity, right? Doing yeah. the same thing over and over with the same mistake. I had not remembered that the Buffalo Bills traded two players and six picks to get Josh Allen. You know, at the time, it probably seemed crazy, especially for a lot of people who were not high on Josh Allen at the time. And then for his two years of being kind of a turnover machine, a lot of people saying, oh, see, look, that was a terrible trade. And then this year going, wow, <laughs> see what happens when you really do some research and feel really confident in your pick and you stick with him to develop him. And you and you have that, that commitment and that confidence that this is the right choice. I mean, that is what I hope we will eventually do. Even if we had done that with Drew Locke, maybe he would have actually turned out better than we than he is right now. Yeah, but you're you're forgetting too. You either know they have it or you know they don't. Look at the Cardinals. They drafted Josh Rosen in the top 10. A year later, they dumped him and drafted Kyler Murray number one overall. Do you think the Cardinals regret taking quarterbacks back-to-back first round? I don't think so. Because, Not now. Not yeah. now because it turned out well for them. <laughs> but you have to have conviction to know – what you're seeing yeah. is like not going to – you're not going to get much better yeah. than this. And I've watched a lot of Drew Locke film. He's not going to be the next Josh Allen. He's just not. He doesn't have the read and react skills that Josh Allen showed in his rookie season, even with the turnovers. He had the big playability with his legs. That's the other thing. He stresses the defense because he has the, the quote, dual threat. When you have that ability at quarterback – it just changes everything for the offense, and it makes things so much more difficult for the defense. You know, that's the route I want the Broncos to go. I just don't. I don't. I haven't. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what Peyton does. Well, so that puts a bow on the <laughs> Oakland Raiders. Oh, I'm sorry, Oakland. No, Las Vegas. <clears throat> so that puts a bow on the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, so <laughs> Thursday night football. It's coming up. We've got. The Cleveland Browns, Denver is in Cleveland. Cleveland's a little banged up. Uh, I'm sure Odell Beckham Jr. is hurt because he's always hurt. Uh, Nick Chubb is out. Kareem Hunt is out. Baker Mayfield is in a sling. He's probably out. Do we have a chance? I'm going to say no. (laughs) (laughs) Baker Mayfield told reporters he plans to play, so. They just put a sling on him just just to... mess with our head if baker mayfield doesn't play and case keenan plays and the browns beat us done i am done <laughs> like we cannot oh, lose exactly to case, keenum. case keenum was the best quarterback we've had since peyton oh I'm, stop it no. he was he was literally eight ten inches away from beating the chiefs and they haven't beat the chiefs since uh peyton was here so if he had yeah, just but- Kit DT's hands on that one pass in the final drive, D- they would have won. And DT was wide open. It wasn't was like so it wide was open. a 50-50 ball that he had to get. <laughs> it would have been a he just he just chucked it and said, uh, you're not you're not seven feet tall, DT. All I know is that the Denver Broncos are gonna make Case Keenum look like freaking Joe Montana on Thursday. <laughs> like it's it, it, it. 
We that is it, there is only one guarantee in Broncos fandom. It's that former Broncos always score on the Broncos. Always, it, it always happens. Let's let's end on a positive note. <laughs> Were we ending? Are we done? Well, on that note, score predictions, everybody. What do you, what do you think, uh, uh, Lori? Oh, I don't want to pick the Browns, so I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm going to pick Denver in an upset comeback rally win at 21-17. What do you think, Tim? I think that the Broncos will win this game, actually. This is usually when you're on the cusp of just – flushing the season down the toilet they win a game right before they lose another three so i'm gonna say broncos 27 browns 20 i'm gonna say the broncos i think they're gonna lose i honestly do i i hate to say it there's nothing nothing in the last three games has led me to believe otherwise like i i and i think it's going to be a barn burner i think it's going to be uh, uh, Browns nine, Broncos three. <laughs> <laughs> All the we defense returns. A, nice. We will score a touchdown. Come on now. Maybe. I don't know. Javante Williams will be good for like one fifty yard run. Maybe this time he'll get to the end zone. Oh, good because back for holding. It's good because <laughs> Zeke and Cook are both benched this week for a bye, and I need Javante Williams to do something. <laughs> Wait, can we talk? Can we just talk about real quick? This is so important for all of our listeners to know that I traded Christian McCaffrey, a broken Christian McCaffrey to Scotty. And I got his second round pick next year and his fourth round picks next year. And uh, the next figure, day, the next day they put him on IR. <laughs> yeah! I have a Scotty burn too. So last year I traded him Zeke for his second round pick and I and we and I gave him my fourth round pick but I I traded Zeke to him for a second rounder and this year I traded um, a wide receiver for Zeke my number two wide receiver by the way and I got Zeke back free of charge from Scotty because he had a bad week one and he panic sold and Zeke has scored over 10 points every year, every week since. And it's been a great, uh, great trade for me. And I continue winning and he keeps panic trading other players like Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. yeah well, I hate all of you because my team sucks. So I could have. Hey, you beat me. <laughs> well, that, that does it for this season. of something, something Broncos. <laughs> We'll see you. We'll see you when we have a new head coach. We'll see you next year. If you wonder our thoughts on the next game as they come, just play this episode over and over and over again until uh, the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> on Monday, I was explaining. I'm like, well, I I was so angry. I buried the needle. Like, where do I go from here? Like, I, it's so hard to, to be more outraged than I was uh on monday like so so now it's just now the numbness just sets in and it's just like we just don't care anymore is that is that the next step i guess that's it is this what it's like to be a lions fan <laughs> yeah you know what just it's so funny you say that because i was actually thinking i was trying to figure out who i was most mad at because i made some comment about being so effing mad and somebody tweeted back to me who are you mad at the coach the players you know and i was like it's a really good question who do I hate the most right now? <laughs> All of them. Yes. And then my answer to it eventually to myself was like, I am mad at the fact 
that I am at the point of not caring, like at, at the point of like giving up and like already starting to think about, you know, are we going to have to have a new head coach? What are we going to do for offensive coordinator? What are we going to do about quarterback? Like it is week seven and we're having those conversations. And I was really hopeful we'd at least, we'd at least have a winning season. But 13 wins now in three it's seasons. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Oh I, my goodness. I remember a time when we'd get them all in one year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Peyton. And be mad about it. Yeah. Well, this has been something, something Broncos. I am Jess Place, joined by my cohorts, Tim Lynch and Lori Lattimore-Volkman. You can read all of our rants and, and, and craziness and irritations and pet peeves with the Denver Broncos over at milehighreport.com, your one-stop shop for all things Denver Broncos. Yay. A correction on the reporting of the foul. Both teams were on the, both up, both fouls were on the kicking team. And so if he can't do that. <laughs> That's the dog. <laughs> you. You can't see this right now, but Lori's dog is assaulting her and <laughs> insisting on getting some love and attention right now. I <laughs> I have a Vishla, also known as a Velcro dog, who cannot leave me alone for more than two minutes. Look at this. He's trying to get up on the chair. All right. <laughs> he doesn't need the, that arm to throw. <laughs> well, what does he use that arm for, Tim? I don't know. <laughs> Balance. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. It's nice. a family show. Come on now. Oh, well, Tim's swearing, so I thought I could get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Something Something Broncos, a feature of MileHighReport.com with Lori Lattimore Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Get involved in the conversation at MileHighReport.com.